tucked away somewhere in Marilyn Robinson's glorious novel, Gilead, the old preacher John Ames says that there's nothing more beautiful than an ordinary Sunday morning. The preacher's main job is not to step on it. There are few things in life more beautiful than an ordinary Sunday morning at Northminster. Thank you. The peace of our Lord be with you. So the owner of the vineyard said to the gardener, for three years I've been looking for fruit on this tree and still I find none. Cut it down. But the gardener replied, let's give it one more year. Let me dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. If not, then we can cut it down. I can't speak for you, but every time the lectionary places in our path that parable from today's gospel lesson, I have this feeling that this is not the first time these two have had this conversation about this tree. I just have this feeling that this is an annual conversation. The landowner and the gardener meet. Here's this same tree. It didn't have any fruit on it last year. Last year, the landowner said, cut it down. And last year, the gardener said, let's just give it one. One more year, I promise, I will dig around it, I will put manure on it. The, the gardener knows that where there's life, there's hope. As long as the tree in the parable is allowed to live, there's always the hope that by next year, things may have changed. Given a little more time, a little more cultivation and fertilization, what the gardener in the parable calls digging and manure? Who can say how much this tree might change by this time next year? A parable which, because it is in the mouth of Jesus, is, one imagines, less about the way trees grow than it is about the ways we grow. The point of the parable being, who can say how much any of us might grow and change between now and this time next year? As long as there's life, there's hope. As long as we are alive, there's always the possibility that our hearts will be opened, our minds will be changed, our lives transformed. Who knows, by this time next year, we could all have become so thoughtful and gentle clear and true, centered 
and contented, welcoming, and kind, that those who have long known us might actually wonder what has happened to us. The kind of change, I'm talking about real change here in our lives that we long for not because we hope to avoid a punishment or gain a reward on judgment day, but because we don't want to underlive the one and only life we are ever going to have. God's got the next life. What we have is this life. And this life is going to end someday. And once it ends, as far as we know, we are not going to get to come back around, do this over, and get it right next time. Someday is going to be the last day which is the truth which travels in the first part of today's lesson from Luke. Jesus reminding the disciples that life is fragile and it can end at any moment, which is why we long so deeply to live whatever is left of our lives as fully and faithfully as we can because we do not have forever. Someday is going to be the last day. Some year there will not be a next year. How we have spent whatever is over of our one and only life, nothing and no one can change. How we will live whatever is left of our one and only life is up to us. Which is the point of the first part of today's lesson from Luke. Repent. Choose to change. Decide to live whatever is left of your life as deeply, fully, and faithfully as you can while you can. Because life is fragile, children of God. And the end is always near. Like the tree in today's parable, that that kind of change may take a lot of work. <laughs> what the gardener called digging and manure. Prayer. Walking in the spirit. Opening our hearts to new light on old truth. Dropping our defenses. And opening ourselves to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives it may not be easy or automatic 
may require the daily discipline of taking up new practices, but who can say how different we might become by this time next year if we choose now to do it? Who can say, who can imagine? Just think with me for a moment. How much more kind and gentle big-spirited and welcoming any of us might become by this time next year if we decide now that that is what we want to become not so we can get a better seat in heaven but so we don't underlive the one and only life we are ever going to have in this world. Mary Oliver called it swimming inward and floating outward. I think that might be the best image I have ever found for this deeper kind of life. Swimming's hard work, right? All those muscles working hard as they can makes you so weary and tired after a while. Swimming inward is the hard work of disciplining ourselves and adopting the kinds of practices, whether it's a prayer journal or a serious kind of reading that opens us up wide, centering time, to the extent that one can have it, depending on the stage of your life, some of us have more time for that than others. But this is not, this is not some extra religious burden that we add to our lives. This rises up from the center of us. This isn't, doesn't even feel like something else to do. This becomes who we are. Swimming inward. Swimming inward. Going deeper. Thinking, praying, listening. As the poet said, walking slowly and bowing often. And the longer we swim inward that way, the more we float outward. Can't help it. Couldn't keep yourself from doing it if you tried. For me, the big life change was swimming inward to the four Gospels, just reading them over and over over again. It's hard work. takes a lot of time. You have to choose not to do something else. But all that swimming inward revealed to me that Jesus every time you see him is sitting down with and standing up for whoever is on the margins and the edges. And here's what happens. When you follow Jesus enough around in the Gospels, you end up following Jesus around in the world. Huh? All that swimming inward. And you wake up one day and you're floating outward. It's hard work. 
It's like digging in manure. Marcia asked me yesterday if manure was a metaphor for preaching. <laughs> I don't know, I'm not sure. The digging and the manure are about the hard work of swimming inward, and then one day you wake up and discover that you're out there, floating outward. As Rainer Maria Rilke said, I live my life in widening circles that reach out across the world. I may not finish the last one, but I give myself to it, which is exactly how God wants every one of us to live whatever is left of the one and only life we are going to have in this world as far as we know. In ever-widening circles of love, a life of expansive piety which keeps redrawing the circle of our welcome until the size of the circle of our lives is the same as the size of the circle of God's love. And the great thing is, we have time. <laughs> Where there's life, there's hope. If we give ourselves to that kind of life and love, who can say how much we might grow and change by this time next year? Thanks be to God that for us, like the tree in the parable, there is always next year. Until, of course, there isn't. Amen.